When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every Pokemon episode ever podcast is now on YouTube. Go on YouTube and search every Pokemon episode ever podcast and click that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Every Pokemon Episode Ever podcast. I am one of your hosts here today, Wrestling Chris G, and joining me as always is my good old kid host, good old Dougie Fresh. Dougie man, how you doing? I feel insulted already. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the Kangaskhan kid. I kind of had to. I, I had to do something. I, I couldn't really think of too much of a nickname for you. <laughs> but um, also joining us this week, as we stated last week, we have the writer and producer of, uh, here's just a couple of his audio dramas, is the X-Men audio drama and Power Rangers audio drama. We have Mr. Carl Dutton. Carl, how are you doing today? Uh, not too bad at all. Just uh, carrying on and getting on in the world. Um, I, as I said to my cast the other day, I think uh, all we could do at the minute is stay at home and entertain people. Yes. So um, this has been about a month in the making. I, I believe I reached out to you sometime back in December and was like, hey, uh, would you want to be on the show? You were like, yeah, uh, once it gets closer, we will um, hook up. And here we are. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, as as I say, you know, I've as I said to you guys before we came on the air, I'm a key worker, so I've been working through this whole thing. But other than that, obviously, we can't do anything in a minute, and I'm st- I'm waiting for lines to come in, um, so I can start getting edited on the next few episodes. So I was like, hey, I'm free, whatever you guys are. <laughs> All right, perfect. So, um, to kind of introduce you to our audience, so you you do what is called audio dramas. So, um, can, would you? kind of give a a small description as to what you do on your part as producer and writer of these series um well my thing with the show is that i came up with the idea of what i've i've said this before on sort of making of things that i've done in the past my job was to make a movie in somebody's mind because i came into this from my degree was in film writing and and film studies but a film is limited by i mean especially at the minute but in general is limited by production getting there getting the cast the cost of how many uh, production you can have in visual effects all that kind of stuff whereas audio dramas i had some skills in that from uh, things that i'd learned in the past doing other podcasts things like that and i was like you know i could make a show where my only limitation is as long as the voice acting is good and the sound effects are good and the music is good and you, i can immerse you in it and i can make the image of appear in your mind of, the, of whatever i want to do and i could go unlimited i could go as big as i want because i don't have to worry about making it look good uh, with visual effects and things i just have to worry about painting the picture in your mind like a book um so 
I started doing I did a Star Trek one initially just as kind of a test in the waters because that's that's one where a lot of the sound effects are very built in and you can use a lot of the the backlog of the sound effects and it was with I think Days of Future Past came out in 2014 and I was like you know what I loved this movie but I think X-Men will be better in long form I think it's always going to be better in long form, and it's really hurts me that since we have not had in a good you know ten years an X Men animated series or anything like that that has told the story. And we've never had a series that I think would be the best version of X Men, which would be we go back to the original five from the sixties. That's season one. The all new, all different from the seventies is, is season two, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we tell it we we do the chronology of the original comics, but we update them, we modernize them, kind of like what the X Men season one. Book did which is why i named uh the initial season x-men season one um so my job was then to i i other than a few exceptions i write the scripts i cast the episodes uh, i talk to the actors i wrangle the the lines together i edit the episodes put all the sound effects in all that kind of stuff and then i hand it off to the composer declan um generally it's declan who does then scores them for me and then i put the, the, his music in and and upload them uh honest on one level it's a very very high production podcast uh but my goal was always to get to the level of like okay imagine like an audible level book but the same but a full cast audio drama where it doesn't matter that you haven't got the visuals to go with it you this the writing and the acting and the music and everything is so good and as a fan of the properties myself my thing is if i would love this as a fan i'm going to make the series i want as a fan X-Men, I made the show I wanted as a fan. Power Rangers, I made a show that I wanted as a fan. I wanted to see these updated versions where I did everything I wanted to do. And if I'm listening to it and geeking out, I know my audience will do that, which is um, how it's gone so far. It's uh, turns out to be a lot better than, uh, bigger and better than I could ever have hoped for. I wish we could, if, look, if this was my full-time job, I could absolutely make it so that i could get an episode out every month every two weeks whatever but as it's a side job for most me and the cast and a lot of them are working professional voice actors and i'm to they're taking time out of their um paying jobs to record for me i you know uh, uh it comes out when we can get it done oh nice and i i was wondering that because when because I, I i'm a i'm a personal fan of your power rangers um audio drama like i i love the mm. production and everything and the voice actors that you have on the on the power rangers one they sound just well they sound very similar to the original cast of the mighty Morphin power rangers mm-hmm. series so how, how how did you find these people um if, if you don't mind me asking um well initially it was a site that used to be called casting call pro that's now become mandy.com i believe was how i got my initial base and what i was very lucky at is um originally when i started to grow the fan base through x-men through batman things like that i started to get a core group of actors who i could always go to and they introduced me to other ones and i started to get connections and grow community and then i joined a facebook group called the voice acting alliance and i posted up you know this is a completely hobby project um just doing it for fun if anybody would be interested and the response was amazing and you just i feel bad sometimes where somebody submits a really good audition and i'm like oh but the sound quality is not great or it's not quite the voice that i have in my head sometimes somebody will uh, like rita's a good example i was looking for a very specific voice i was never going to do 
you know, Barbara Goodson. I was never going to do like, ah, 10,000 years. I was never going to do that. <laughs> um, but I did have in mind, I wanted to kind of have a Maleficent sort of voice, like an older sounding woman. But the genie who's done Emma Frost with me and things like that, she submitted an audition. And I was like, you know what? This is just the best version. And it doesn't matter that she sounds a little younger because, you know, uh, I could go into that and make her much more of a, you know, a, a seductress almost or something like that or change the character a little bit. And there's certain ones who are very close, like the guy who plays Tommy is like he has got the cadence of Jason David Frank down just spot on. And I think the guy who plays Jason especially is also another one where... I'll submit lines to him and I'll get them back and I'm like, dude, like you added so many levels to, you understood not only what I wrote on the page, but you added to the page. Um, some of them, obviously, I have to add um, certain effects like Lord Zed and Goldar. I have to down pitch them and add the reverb and Zordon as well. Um, but it's just, it's just so much fun because my thing is I want to strike a balance. I want to do what the um, recent Boom comics have done, which is kind of take the original show and mature it. Like, more than the 2017 movie, which was kind of, mm, it was too far in the other direction. I feel like it was for, first and foremost a teen drama and Barry just maybe second. I, I, I want to keep, I want to keep the inherent sort of Japanese-ness and the sort of anime-ness and the, and, uh, the fun of Power Rangers, like I want to still have a guy play a flute and a dragon comes out of the ocean, you know what I mean? But I, but I want to do what, you know, DC and Marvel do, which is take those things that are inherently silly, but add some verisimilitude to them. Like you, when you're watching a Superman thing, you're not going, wow, this is ridiculous. This guy's flying. You're watching it and you're invested because of the storytelling. And I always thought that a Power Rangers version like that, where you play into the nostalgia and when the Megazord forms, you play the go-go Power Rangers theme, but then you have some character drama and character depth. And it's been a lot of fun, um, not to go off on too much of a, of a tangent with it. It's been a lot of fun, adding verisimilitude to the show like okay i want to do this thing but how do i make this thing make sense well i could do this this and this i can you know and i've brought in a lot of the elements from the japanese version that the the show was dubbed over to make some of that stuff like i've added the lore by having the zoo rangers from the original uh, uh, original super sentai they're the power rangers of the past and they find those coins and and there's, there's this sort of history built into it that that makes the dots be connected a hell of a lot more. And that's just was my goal of just, you know, let's make the show as cool as I thought it was when I was eight years old. All right. Doug, do you have anything to add to, to, add to any of this? Well, yeah, just sitting here, I've, I've come up with about like 17 questions. I'd like to <laughs> um, um, so, I mean, I'll just, I'll rattle off a couple of them. Um, one, uh, and I'm sure you probably get this a lot, uh, you have a fantastic voice, so I'm wondering why or if you've ever been so inclined to maybe throw a part in for yourself on one of the things that oh, you yeah. produce. Or... Yeah, I do the, uh, most of the time I'm the narrator of the end credits. Okay. Uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear my voice at the end of the podcast doing the doing the narration of that. Um, but I in the last Power Rangers episode, uh, which came out in November, I was the narrator on that one just okay. because Garrett was getting married and he didn't have time to do it. Ah, um, so, so I do occasionally fill in. And I and you will also hear me occasionally on the episodes where there's a line from a Zed's helm officer that I'm like, OK, I'm not going to bring in a voice actor just for that. I'll I'll just dub it in. And um, and in the last episode, because Garrett is, was not available, I also did Alpha 5 because uh, he also plays that 
role. So I, I'll occasionally uncredit myself. And like in all the X-Men episodes, I'm the Sentinels. Um, I just downplay my voice and that kind of thing. Sure. And down pitch it. So yeah, you'll, in a lot of episodes, you'll hear me if you're listening out. It's kind of like um, uh, Jim Cummings, uh, it, any Disney production, he's, he's in there somewhere. Right. Um, have you ever, have you ever like felt like you wanted to give yourself a more meaty role just because, hey, I'm um, producing this thing? I, my own thing gets in the way of a lot of my actors are working pro voice actors. So I'm like, I don't want to have the ego of being like, oh, I'm as good as they are, sort of thing. Like, I'll, 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 do, I'll fill in for somebody, but then I'll be like, oh, and of course, I wouldn't do it as good as you did. Um, because I, to, to me, I'm not a voice um, professional and I wouldn't pretend to be a voice professional. That's their job. My job is to give them good lines. Well, uh, pardon me for patting you on the back a little bit, but I could I could listen to you read me a bedtime story every night and just <laughs> be perfectly fine. Um, so I'm looking at um, some of your uh, credits. Like I see, you know, the the X Men audio drama and the the Power Rangers, obviously, and the Batman Long Halloween, which I I'm interested in diving into. Um, do you find that? Um, something that has a lot of action like your power rangers are obviously uh superhero stories do you find that those are easier to translate into audio form in terms of like creating the story that you can envision in your mind as a listener it depends a lot of the time there is you know a wall of text for the narrator because there's just no other way to me to get across that thing um without having a lot of narration to explain it everything that's going on although i do um i in the last ep in the episodes that are coming up on power rangers a script editor came in and because he emailed me and said i really like your power rangers show but my one criticism is you rely too much on that narration and i don't feel you need to as much you could translate some of that to character dialogue and stuff my thing has always been i don't want the whole word balloon comic thing of i'm walking down the street and i'm doing it because i don't know i want i want the narration to basically fill in the gaps as if this was a as a tv show so i did find a middle ground there where um then sometimes the narration really helps like i feel like x-men especially the last few ones that i did was directly transcribed from chris claremont's original books in some cases and chris claremont is a very wordy narrative kind of um, writer so i was able to basically put in word for word and they sound great coming out of sam's mouth who's the, who's my narrator on that and yeah uh, it, it depends i sometimes i'm like wow i wish people could see this but sometimes i'm like okay if i just tell them this is what's happening and then i fill the rest in with sound effects and the music and the acting i feel like you know you get that effect um so you can see it in your mind you're like okay i get what's going on here so, and I'm I'm not trying to get you know too inside your own business, and I'm I'm not going to say you know oh what are you working on, but just like just kind of looking at what you've put out there already, is there is there a topic or a, um, a work that you'd want to put together? Maybe if you had a little extra time, or if you if you knew. Well, there was um there, at one point we were going to make an original one that was like based off a off a short story that i wrote a, a sort of a sci-fi one um, my problem came with that was that came right before my 
three-year gap in X-Men of the burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of reasons for that, uh, that I took that break. And one of them was the process of, of making that because I had some issues with my writing partner and issues with casting. And it just wasn't going very lo- long and it was a slow process. Um, so I w- I'd like to get back to that, um, definitely. My only concern with that, obviously, it would I, it, I would own it and I'd be able to do what I want with it. But when you start owning something, not only do you worry that your audience who came for the ip that you're originally doing will they translate over will they be interested in hearing you do something else um also then i've got to start thinking about okay now if i'm going to start monetizing this i've got to pay for all the sound effects i've got to you know if i'm going to make money my actors have got to make money and i will that's why i've never set up like a patreon or anything like that because even though i'm paying you know upwards of 150 pounds um which probably about you know, $200 each month for hosting these websites because the because of the downloads on the servers. I would never set up a Patreon because my thing is if I'm making money and my actors should be making money and I don't want to take anything from people until I could make it a business where I could pay people. So that was my only thing with going into original stuff. But, you know, never say never with that. I do have an idea of a Batman one I'd really like to do. Um, but it's how to put it together. <laughs> I, sure, sure. I, I, you know, if I if I have the time to do it, if I had you know a few weeks off or something, say if I, God forbid, got the uh, the dreaded virus that's going around, and but I was still able to do stuff, and I had three weeks of isolation, maybe I could knock that script out and, and think about it. Right. So, um, and I'm, I'm sure you know people are probably wanting us to get into the episode, but it just and I think you answered my question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I had it queued up um did you have you ever thought about doing your own podcast just and maybe picking a topic or maybe just talking for you know 45 minutes you know every week or is it a matter of not having enough free um i do do, and i've done those in the past and they were never successful i did a wrestling podcast for a while and only got like 200 and like for years we uh, we did a wrestling podcast and we only got a couple of hundred downloads and at the time that was enough for me um but the, the just the interest wasn't there and i feel that the reason that these have been successful is because i found my niche i mean there's a hundred wrestling podcasts out there yeah um but nobody's done what i've done with x-men or power rangers which is why i think they've been successful and i don't know what would be like the podcast that i could do that people would interest other than if i just did like a you know catching up with me you know what's coming up next on the shows uh, what am i writing at the moment what am i producing at the moment how do i make these audio dramas sort of thing maybe i could do something like that well, and not to Im- inflate your ego too much because, you know, you got to keep your headphones on. <laughs> but um, I think I, mean, I, I, I don't want to speak for my co-host because I'm sure he would agree with me. I would listen to that. Oh, I would, oh, too. Okay. Yeah. I would definitely listen to like a like a making of or a how to kind of maybe not a how to, but like a making of and a kind of a, a peek behind the curtain kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My my only worry with that is people would realize that I'm just a person sitting at a computer <laughs> putting lines together. Uh, people maybe have this image in their mind that I, you know, I, I'm I've got this big production, I've got this fancy studio. No, it's just me on my own computer with a um, mix craft putting lines together. Um, it's not how you do it; it's the way you do it, right? Ah, yes. so you don't want to? You're not trying to do like a wizard of Oz oh, I, kind i'd of absolutely thing. be able to I'd, I'd show people how i do it i'd absolutely you know 
but uh, some of some of that mystery helps <laughs> uh, I keep, see. keep it alive yeah. i see no I but i, I have done a lot of um i have done a lot of film reviews and things like that in the past on the youtube channel um i i don't know i i, I could go back to that it's just um if i have the passion to do it gotcha. i see gotcha well, thank thank you for um, introducing all of that to our audience. Um, I apologize, I went on a little bit. Oh no, no. absolutely not. No, Abs- don't, absolutely, don't even... uh, yeah. Don't do not apologize. Like that that that's the reason um, we kind of wanted you on here. We wanted to introduce you to our audience because I mean us. I mean we we listen. So I mean maybe a lot of our listeners will be like, oh, that sounds intriguing, and they'll go on and listen to your stuff as well. So I hope so. So thank you. But um, all right. So back into the Pokemon podcast. So as as all of our listeners know that listen to us on a, on a weekly, uh, we we like to go back on back in on the dates. So this week's episode is the Kangaskhan Kid, which premiered in Japan of November eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven, and premiered in the states October twenty second of nineteen ninety eight. So we are going to take the October twenty second date and go back in history as to what happened on this date historically and Doug of course just like always you are going first this week <laughs> so what I, what what I, is I, your I I take offense <laughs> like it's not like it's look and I'll keep bringing it up it's not like I don't I don't do this out of spite where I, I pick something from 1776 and just read the freaking description on the website I Anyway, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quick with this one because I'm sure it's gonna come up, you know, in a couple episodes time. You know, you never know. But on this date, on October twenty second, nineteen ninety two, the Atlanta Braves become the first American team to win a baseball to win a World Series game outside of America when they defeat the Toronto Blue Jays seven to two in Game Five of the nineteen ninety two World Series. Oh, well, crap. That's that's awesome, Doug. <laughs> and I'm not going to go any further because I don't know uh, timeline of episodes and I don't want to get ahead of myself in the series if something were to come up again. Okay, no problem. <laughs> well, for, for me, mine, mine's a little bit more recent as it normally is. Um, so mine happened in 2013 and this is actually the date that Thor, The Dark World, premiered in London. So, mm. so big movie, of course, um, big Marvel movie, um, funny movie. Um, I, I have to, add, I do like Chris Hemsworth. So that the dark world, is that the second one? Yes, it is. Ah. It's unfortunately the one that Brick comes up when people go, has there been a bad Marvel movie? <laughs> <laughs> took, took the line out of my mouth. I think. Cause I was going to say, oh, that's the bad one. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's, I enjoy it. It's just the villains aren't great. Yeah, they're not. So that that's what happened on this date. And then going from here, um, we can go ahead and get on into the episode. As as I stated before, it's called The Kangaskhan Kid or translated from Japanese. Um, I'm going to butcher this so bad, but it's um, Garura's, um, Garura's Lullaby. So I guess Kangaskhan in Japanese is called Garura. So... Well, uh, if that's the case, I might take the Japanese translation. Really? Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, if that's the translation, yeah, because, I mean, that kind of is a a big plot point in the episode. It is. So, 
All right. So this week, um, we start off, of course, with the trio. And I kind of feel like this is similar to last week's. Um, they're the the translator or the um, narrator of this episode introduces that they are in the safari zone and Ash is so key on starting to catch some Pokemon in the safari zone that he immediately sees a Chansey in, in a bush, I guess you can say, and tries to, yeah. th- and tries to throw a Pokeball at it. And of course it's not a Chansey. It's officer Jenny and officer Jenny pops out of the bush with a gun. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and this is going to be a, something that we probably bring up. I shouldn't say probably. We're going to bring it up next week. Officer Jenny straight up points a gun at him, right? Yes. Why is this okay? But next week we have an issue. <laughs> well, Doug, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we we know exactly why next week, um, next week's episode that we're going over got banned in the U.S. Well, right. I mean, we we've, we've had. This, bit of discussion off mic uh today but still i think it it bears bringing up because it's kind of ridiculous because it's just as early and just as not just as egregious but still it's like it's no discuss it's no disguising it yes and carl okay i'm 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 gonna ask you so this is a kid's cartoon okay um so Mm -hmm. obviously we, we we grew up watching pokemon um you you even alluded to me um that you watched the first two seasons of pokemon so when this happened so in this episode um we have officer jenny she comes out she points a gun right at ash uh is that i i mean me as a child i i didn't see that as a bad thing and obviously it wasn't that bad to get banned or get pulled from the episode but next week we actually have someone legit pointing a gun at at the gang and multiple times multiple times and we have gunshots in the next episode so i mean where 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 do we draw the line when it comes to a kids cartoon to you when you were when um, you were watching this well as a person who grew up on batman the animated series that was you know Guns were all a big part of that, and a lot of shows they changed them to laser guns for obvious reasons. Right. I think the re- probably the reason that the, in this one that they didn't have an issue is because she didn't fire it, and it's played for laughs. Um, a lot of the you know, like for all we know that could have been like a pellet gun or a you know a, a tranquilizer like we have later. Yes. It's not, it's not proven to be a real gun. Um, my thing with this was, I obviously I grew up on the on this show back in the day. Um, back before you know we knew it was a japanese show that was being imported and all that kind of stuff because you know yet in the year 1999 2000 this was the thing you know the training cards the it was the fan of the time the same as you know um as we we've all said we're all wrestling fans it was the same thing you know during that era um that this got became big but what stayed for me as i become an adult is i uh, playing the games and i like how they you know they follow the thing of the games but they changed it a little bit here where the safari zone is like this wildlife preserve and yes. you can't catch pokemon in it that's an element of the game but as far as i remember you're still allowed to catch them you're just not allowed to like attack them uh, right. in the in the in the game yes so it, it's it's kind of funny so um, in this episode, they're they're in a protected area. So I guess the Safari Zone, I guess, has protected areas. And just like the last episode, they were in another protected area. There's only one specific spot where you can go into the Safari Zone 
and capture Pokemon. And right. and I I've I've recently played um Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee for the Nintendo Switch. And they kind of opened that up into the game. So they've they've introduced it finally. So when you when you get to the city that the Safari Zone is in, they actually have like little camps. So like all these buildings will have Pokemon that are behind these gates and you're not allowed to catch these Pokemon, but you can go and interact with them and you can have your Pokemon go and interact with them, but you cannot catch them. In order to catch them, you have to go to the Safari Zone. Well, my question is, is then what makes these ones, like I guess in the in the canon of the show, Genghis Khan are endangered, as they bring mm-hmm. up later on. Yes. So in the show, are you not allowed to catch them at all? Um, whereas in the game, you are. Yeah, I mean, they they were pretty violent. Um, so so I, I take it you've played red and blue version, correct? Yeah, I I, am, I think the one I played was yellow, which came out, and that was the like the ultimate version where they made it more like the anime. Yes. So they in in that game, so you were given two items. You were given rocks, and you were given pokeballs. And I oh no and no you were given three items, and you were given a treat. So the rocks made it easier to catch the Pokemon, but the treat made the Pokemon more friendly towards you, but it was still harder to catch them. So I and obviously they're not putting into the anime, they're not gonna give Ash some rocks and say, Here Even if you don't give him rocks, he threw a rock at a spiro in the first episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, but that that's also little 10-year-old Ash on his first day as a Pokemon, and his Pikachu did not want a battle. <laughs> and so, just to be clear, throwing a rock at them is wrong. Summoning your electric mouse to electrocute them, that's fine. Yes. Right. Oh, that's perfectly fine. You can... If, we can. if we can clear this up, we'll be perfectly fine going forward. <laughs> so that's my thing going back on Pokemon, and it, it comes up a lot with a lot of Nintendo things. They're really fun, and the concept is fun that we just don't care. But if you think about it for two seconds, you're like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that this is not right. <laughs> like, this is this is basically underground dog fighting, is what this is." <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, so we go uh, after after that. We go into a a very pink tent that officer jenny is in inside of this safari zone protected area and she's pointing to a computer that has a map of the layout of the protected area and she's going over that it's it's this big protective area um ash is apologizing and officer jenny said you know what i'll give you a pass and i will um you you guys seem like you're new to the area so you guys are going to get a warning as of right now which he basically says, you, yeah, you look dumb enough. I can believe that you don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> For real. And, and then Im- almost immediately, because they only have 20 minutes, well, less than that, to, yeah. to, to get the episode out, we get a beeping on the computer system. And the computer system is saying that there's poachers. So, officer- Right. So why, if she has a computer system with like a proximity alert, does she need to be out in the bushes as a chancy? Exactly. I'm, I'm, she gets bored. <laughs> uh, she gets bored. She's lonely or may, 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 <laughs> <laughs> lonely. 
I don't. I have no idea. Um, My question is: Did they ever answer the whole like? I, I know this is probably a question you shouldn't ask for the show like this. Did they ever answer as to why all of the cops were one person and all of the nurses were one person? Um, easier, to, easier to animate. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, but like, did did they say that they're all sisters that all went in the same job? Oh did, no, are they, they clones? Yes, they they did. I think with at least the joys. There, yeah, right. all, all the officer Jennies and officer Joys. They are sisters and cousins, and right. it just so happens that their breed of of I guess their what 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 their anatomy. They all end up looking alike. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so they're all identical <laughs> twins, which is remarkably like clones, and yeah. they all do the hair in the exact same way. To me, it sounds a bit like somebody's been breeding some Pokemon people. <laughs> That's oh. what it sounds like to me too. It, it, it's funny because, um, and I don't know if you've ever um, dwelled into this, Carl. So we, me and Doug, actually did some digging uh, a couple months back, and we're like, okay, so there has to be a difference between all of these, and sure enough, in each episode, so like Nurse Joy, um, on her hat where she has the um the cross. yeah the cross in each city that they go to the cross is a different color and then right and then all so it's like the clones in the clone war series oh right. absolutely <laughs> and um officer jenny she on her badge she her badge is different in every single area that she's in so they don't fully um they don't fully animate the same person in each one they they at least give them a different badge so you can tell the yeah difference. and that comes from the game as well like every nurse joy was in every pokemon center so yes so all right so this is this next part is a funny part so officer jenny goes and she runs over to her her jeep and ash and the ash and the gang they they run out of the tent and they're like hey we want to come help you too what police officer lets 10 year olds and we we've kind of established brock is like 14 or 15 lets these kids ride with her in these jeeps to go fight some damn poachers <laughs> uh, uh, an officer that's by herself yeah an officer who's been stationed to look after an entire zone by themselves and they're the only ones standing between this protection zone and the only enemies that ever show up ever team rocket is an entire like group right yes in, i love it every episode it's these two and they always yeah. keep failing, and they keep going back, and it's the same too every episode. And every episode, they have to get their uh, poem out, as they call it in this, <laughs> and they even bring that up in this one. Yes. So, and um, so we go straight. <laughs> we go straight from that. Hey, actually, Doug, I'll, I'll have you go over um, this next thing. I'm kind of taking over, and I don't. I don't want to be taken over for you. So, Doug, you you want to go over this next scene with Team Rocket? So yeah, we um, we go over after. The after everybody piles into the jeep, we go and we. Meowth has uh, goggles and he's looking at the at the group of Kangaskhan. And then, you know, he's like, "Oh, that's you know, let's think of all the poke all the Kangaskhan we can catch that are just sitting there," and he's ready to go because he's always ready to go. But, you know, as we alluded to, Team Rocket has to get their little poem out, and. You know, Who are they talking? Honestly, to? we should just let. <laughs> Who are they? I think it's just themselves. 
Yeah. I think they're trying to pump themselves up. Who are, like they're saying, I am Jesse and I am James. Are they, are they saying to the, making sure the Genghis Khan know who they are? Uh, uh, I mean, apparently. I mean, may, maybe it's their good luck motto. Uh, I, I, I have a problem because uh, I, I just freeze fr- um, um, fr- frame froze like this scene with Meowth getting ready to um, have a connection about the, the Kangaskhan walking away. But Jesse is poorly animated in this part of the scene. And um, any of our listeners that like uh, watching the episodes um, while we're going over it. So a- as soon as Meowth is about to to yell at them jesse's figure it 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 seems like she's kind of oddly shaped like her stomach is sticking out but her stomach is like a centimeter like wide and can you can you give me a can you give me a time yes doug so for you it would be probably between 310 and 314 for for you so if you if you can freeze like um is, is this like the where they have it in the, with the American shows and they farm it out to different animation studios? Do, do these shows work the same way? Do you think? Do you think like they're like, oh, okay, this is going to be one of the gym episodes. We'll give it to the A animation house and eh, this is Genghis Khan kid, you know, the B team can do that. Yeah, it- yeah, yeah. I could see that because I listen to I listen to Talking Simpsons and they they routinely you know nitpick you know oh they were with this studio for these seasons and. You know, this studio picked them up after, and you can tell the difference between this studio and this studio because the lines are crisper or something or other. So I could see, I could see them not working with one dedicated studio. Like, yeah, like as a as a kid, you never notice this thing, but I've been rewatching the the Batman show recently uh, since they've come out on Blu-ray, and it's very noticeable sometimes that it's some of the characters are off model sometimes. Sometimes it's much more anime. It, like the, but you can tell they know it's going to be a good episode when they bring in the A team a lot of the time. Yes, right, and and that's the thing about you know now because is these when these shows are coming out in the early nineties, they're not thinking far ahead and they're in about twenty years time you're going to be able to to freeze frame a specific scene mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to scrutinize it because it's going to be in high depth and it's going to be crisper than we ever intended it to be and mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, all, they, the, all the gags you could get away with because we couldn't pause it. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, you you had to watch it or record it on a VHS tape. But who 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 knows what a VHS tape is these days? <laughs> remember when you used to have to like, you had to remember when a specific time that a show was on, you watched it at that specific time, and if you were ten minutes late, you were ten minutes late. Yep, they, it was it was a different age, wasn't it? Or, it, or have. Yeah. Heaven forbid somebody changed the channel while you were recording something. Oh, yeah. the worst! Yeah. I I couldn't tell you because I I was a huge Power Rangers fan uh, when I when I was a little kid. So I would have my father record Power Rangers because Power Rangers came out Monday through Friday, and then mm-hmm. most most likely on a Friday is when you got your new episode. So when I when I would go over to my my father's house, he would record the Friday episode for me. I could not tell you how many times I'm getting to the last five minutes of the episode, and then the the tape ran out and i'm like no and i I I'll spoil it for you they get in the megazord and then they switch the <laughs> and the monster falls over and they blow up and then the power is being played <laughs> and then kimberly and tommy fell in love <laughs> so oh my goodness but um but yeah and in this episode 
specifically, I think this has to have gone over to a different animation studio. And um, I've recently found out that they actually had different writers for different episodes because, um, Doug, as me and you have done on previous episodes, like the more darker episodes, like the um, Psychic Showdown episodes that's releasing right now, uh, that was a completely different writer than the ones that we're watching right now. So the yeah. And I, I kind of prefer the part one, part two episodes that kind of go together or the St. Anne episodes. And because they, they, they actually tell a really nice story. Like the, I feel like this Safari Zone, the way that they chopped it up, should have been its own like two or three part episode. Um, well, at least here in the U.S., it would have been two. In Japan, it would have been three um, since they didn't air the next episode that we're getting ready to go over. But it, it it should have been its own brand because the Safari Zone is such a big part in the video game. They're trying to sell their video game. Why not combine the episodes into like one big episode? Because we're we're dealing with the same issue as we were in the last episode. Well, and at least like they spy still. I'm sorry. Sorry, go on. No, and and like we said, um, I can't, I don't think we were recording. I think we were just kind of talking. They've been dealing with the Safari Zone for. I think they started last week. They started talking about it, and then this week we thought we were here, and then we're still in a, a preserve area. And then next week we finally get there. But I'm, you know, like you said, America doesn't get it, you know. And I had a problem there. with that, <laughs> right? So you know, if you're in America, you're watching it, and then it jumps. I think it's the biker gang episode. Yes, you go straight and, from the safari zone to the biker gang, and you never get to see Ash catch all of his damn toros. No, and all you get is, well, Ash has a bunch of Tauros. You're like, well, how did they get there? And then, you know, it was a safari zone. Well, okay, but I didn't get that part. And then, you know, obviously that's something you can't immediately look up in 1999, you know. No. So, you know, and and we've dealt with a a band episode before, and, you know, we're getting ready to do one, and then we got another one not far after that. So, and... It's easy to see why these episodes get banned, you know, like we talked about with the Legend of Dottini. But they fill in gaps that wouldn't be there if people weren't so skittish. Yes. Well, it's like we were saying about the taping thing is back then things were episodic. You didn't really like uh, a lot of shows that were trying to be more serialized until sort of lost um, people weren't doing that necessarily as much. And it was because you would they'd be airing at different times and they want to air the episodes out of order. They would, you wouldn't necessarily get the episodes in the order that they were made. Um, So serialization wasn't really key. And let's be honest, the majority of episodes were team rockets doing something. They stopped them. At least, at least they kind of spiced it up in this one. Cause you know, if there was an episode that was literally following the game and it was just Ash going around throwing rocks at Pokemon and slow, <laughs> them, it'd be a pretty boring episode. <laughs> It would. Um, so, and, and Carl, I, I, I once this episode airs, I I really hope you listen to the next episode because because mm-hmm. uh, it is a banned episode. You're you're going to laugh your ass off at some of the stuff they put into that episode. And it, did they? So they, did they actually dub it, or are you going to be watching like the the subbed version? Um, no, we've got we've got a Japanese version that has subtitles. Yes. Oh, cool. So. Cool. Uh, that it, and it, what was interesting, what was funny for me about this was then when they pulled out the bazooka, and I was like, "Wait a minute, are they going to have like, pokeballs <laughs> in the bazooka?" That's where I was expecting that to go. No, but see, 
it's Team Rocket, but that would have been smart. But 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 because it's Team Rocket, they have nets. <laughs> yeah, well, they want to work because they had to, they had to damage them first. That's how Pokemon works. Well, that's true as well. So so all right. So after the freeze frame that we were talking over, um, we yeah we have the bazooka. Meowth goes ape shit, and they shoot this bazooka into the air. So the first. So this is a multi-use bazooka because the first one is just a big firework that gets all the Kangaskhan to start freaking out and running away. And as this is happening, um, Officer Jenny and the trio pull up. Of course, De- um, Ash has to pull out Dexter and goes, oh, here's Kangaskhan. And he gets a description of Kangaskhan and to use extreme caution when pulling up to the this pokemon because this pokemon once they get angry and they start charging at you they will not stop charging so it, so what would have elevated this episode they, to sort of disney level would have been if they then had like the stampede scene from lion king uh, uh, that, that would have been uh, something oh that would have been that really <laughs> like would have Bro- been something. brock full brock gets uh, knocked off a tree and... <laughs> help me <laughs> <laughs> So and they've reused this whole once they get charging, they don't stop because they use the same description with uh, primate. Yes. So uh, I was just getting ready to say it's another primate episode. But of course, the, the trio at this point, they see Team Rocket in the far distance. And Officer Jenny is like, yeah, well, we'll have to deal with them in just a second because uh, we have to run first. And Ash is like, what do you mean we got to run? And all of a sudden, the screen starts shaking up and down, and you have a herd of of Kangaskhan <laughs> just stampeding towards them. And Officer Jenny and her wheels, I mean, let's let's give her some credit on her driving skills. Uh, I mean, well, yes the bit no, that made me laugh. <laughs> but the bit yeah. that made me laugh was she was there going, we've got to run. They're charging at us. Staying completely still in the car. She didn't say this as she was telling her to go. She was like, we've got to run. and then immediately after that so she she's backing up in the car the kangaskhan are running right after her and she swerves the car over to the right to let the kangaskhan pass by her but of course they don't get to pass by because team rocket uses the second function of its big bazooka and shoots out a big old net that just happens to be the size that they'd need to capture all of the Kangaskhan. And they are now, all the Kangaskhan are now trapped. Doug, you want to go? <laughs> yeah. So the Kangaskhan are trapped, and they're, and Jesse and Meowth are sitting there going, well, which one should we take? And they point out one specifically, and we get this, these anguished cries, and this was a horrible scene, and I, I was, I was uncomfortable, and I don't, I shouldn't be uncomfortable watching a cartoon. And then, you know, Ash is sitting there going, well, we should go get him. And then this is where Jenny goes, that would be a swell idea, except I burned the engine going backwards. And at that point, the car uh, hood goes up. <laughs> it's like, and then they do the anime fallout, you know. I, I was just like, I was like, okay, of course, of course it fucking burns out. And you look over at... um at Jesse and James, they're over there. They're like, okay, so we caught these Kangaskhan. Now, how do we get them? I mean, they got they have a box of Pokeballs, but that's about the extent of their thought process. Yeah, and then we get a glimpse of 
it looks like, I mean, obviously we know it's a kid, but it looks like a little kid and we get a glimpse of him and Jesse goes to throw a Pokeball at one of the Kangaskhan and then just gets whacked in the face by a boomerang. Just Another the- thing that they've reused. Yes. <laughs> Jesse getting hit in the head with something. It was a Pokeball a couple episodes ago. It's a boomerang now. I, 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 I just luck. think they like um, smashing Jesse's face in. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. But I, I just think Putting that, that they... bump on her head. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, as I was watching this episode, I was like, okay, so what they're going for is this is Tarzan or Mowgli, except with Genghis Khan. Yes. 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 And they weren't too too slick about it either. <laughs> no. Yeah. They even I think he at one point he even does like a, a Tarzan yell, but like yelling Genghis Khan at one point. Yes, as the it, it's actually this scene. So the the kids fly. He's like Kangas gone, and he just flies in. He gets his boomerang back, and then he just slices the net. I mean, that's a pretty sharp boomerang. I mean, I've I've played with a few boomerangs in my time, and my my boomerang would not have cut that net as easily as that kid's boomerang did. Clearly, it was a blade. Yes, well. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, right. So, all right. So here's here's my question. I asked you this off air, and um, Carl, do do you still play Pokemon games to this day? Or has I it... have done about a year ago. I played uh, I played the remade versions of the original because uh, that kind of has the best of both worlds. You have the nostalgia of the original 151, but yeah, it's in a more modern game, so with more modern graphics. So that that's a lot of fun. And I've played some of the the newer ones. Um, I can't pretend to know what half of the new ones are. I know like the ones that that go beyond the the games, but uh, I've not. I, you know, I know what uh, a lot of the starters are. But then when you you get into the ones that are keys that become bigger keys, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you've run out of ideas now, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie. So I still play um, a lot of the games, but uh, if if you ask me a question about which Pokemon is from which gen, I probably would not be able to tell you because they have so many Pokemon now. But my one issue, so. Um, are you familiar with uh, with Pokemon eggs and Pokemon becoming babies? Like Pikachu's pre-evolved form is Pichu, Magmar mm-hmm. is Magby. Why have we never gotten a Kangaskhan kid as the baby form of Kangaskhan in the game? Like if you hatch a Kangaskhan in the game, it's an adult version with a baby in its in its pouch. Like I I, mm-hmm. I I still have an issue with that. Like that's the one Pokemon that we have not gotten in the game is that because then you'd have to have an uncomfortable conversation with the kids of like okay so you have a baby one that then becomes an adult one that then of what evolves into an adult one with a kid so it's like okay so evolving was mating i guess maybe that's a that's a a fair point yeah but what what better time to have that discussion (laughs) when you're watching a cartoon (laughs) mommy what happened here (laughs) so all right, but yeah, I, that that's just something that's always irked me. I was like, why? I was like, it, it would be the perfect look. I mean, you already got the Pokemon. Just and as Doug mm. Doug alluded to off air, um, he was like, just call him what, what'd you say, Kang, uh, Kangaskhan Kang- kid? No, can- well, no, that's lazy. Kangas kid. Kangas kid. And I suppose also because like in Pokemon, the evolution is aging. So like if. In their mind, like Genghis Khan just is born as Genghis Khan, and it becomes a bigger Genghis Khan, and nobody. Why ah. would you want a little version sort of thing? Gotcha. Okay, that's, that's a fair, that that's the okay. I I will take that because that's the. 
that's the best um, thing someone's actually told me because I've, I've had this conversation a few times and no one said it better than that. So I, I will run with that one. It just becomes a bigger Kangaskhan and it doesn't need to evolve. Because the lead one in this episode is like the big one. Yes. Right. So, all right. So at, at this point, um, he cuts the net, the locate cuts the net open and lets out the Kangaskhan and immediately Jesse um, gets so pissed off and she's like, what do you think you're doing, you little savage? And just just starts yelling and James is like, you can't catch them. Those are ours. And the little boy hops into a tree, has some major hops for a little kid and just looks out and goes, Kangas, Kangas Khan. And I was like, um, all right, well, all the Kangas Khan are now looking at us. What are we going to do here? Doug, you want to take it from here? So then the Kangas Khan completely surround Team Rocket's Jeep and the lead fella just takes one swipe with the tail and just whacks them completely skyward twice. And then, you know, we basically get uh, Jeep volleyball. And then <laughs> he does this, this swirl attack and just knocks them completely into the into the sky. And we get the Team Rockets blasting off again thing that we had in every single episode. Um, my thing with this was, uh, you know, I understand that you can't show, you know, the results of violence because then you start to get into things with Pokemon that you don't want to get into. Um, but, like, it, it would make more sense if the car just gets destroyed and they're just left there and they're in danger rather than the whole getting blasted off thing. But that's, you know, that's the show. Yes. Right. And we all we always make the joke. Um, we're like, well, why why did A and B just happen? And Doug will always remind me it's a kids show. I was like, ah, gotcha. Yeah, but like, that's my only thing with something like this. And I suppose there's no way you can make this more serious. But like, there's a way to do a show that's for everybody, and it is a kids show, and it does sell toys. But you can elevate the material. I think, and a lot of shows, um, Power Rangers is a really good example. Um, you go back to them, you're like, wow, this was a really good show when I was younger. And you watch them now and you go, oh, oh no, this makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> oh, wow, they've just reused that footage. Wait, what? You're pulling out this MacGuffin now? Oh, well done, Zordon. You didn't mention that before. <laughs> and it just it falls apart within two minutes if you go back and watch it now. And Pokemon's a little bit like that. The whole concept kind of falls apart. And, you know, it, it's a shame that. Like, I wonder, is there an episode? I don't know if you guys know this. Is there an episode that people consider, like, oh my god, that was really well written? Is that like a Heart of Ice episode for Pokemon the Animated Series? Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what, if there is, we haven't hit it yet. Yeah. Is that an episode that you're like, wow, that will stick with me and they could make that into a movie? Um, yeah. We have had this discussion. we, We have. You know, I'm, if if we're going off of the episodes that we've currently reviewed, so I'm I'm a little further than Doug. So um, I've told this story a few times on the on the podcast, but I I bought off of someone basically like a bootleg version of of the Pokemon DVDs. So um, someone was selling it online, so I got the complete set, and I've just been running through episode for episode. Once we get a little further, um, I believe it's right after Johto. They each episode 
you basically have to watch the previous episode because if you don't watch the previous episode, you're not going to really know what's going on in the next episode. So they finally mm. got into their niche and then I took a, a stab in the dark and started watching the most recent Pokemon. It's called Pokemon Journeys on Netflix. And that episode, you can tell that they made that that show for people that don't have big attention spans because that 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 show just goes boom boom that show is so fast paced that it almost gave me a headache i'm like wait a minute whoa whoa this is too much okay slow down well that's <laughs> just the modern generations kind of thing like they they don't really make the shows the way that they did back then like there's no show like x-men the animated series or batman the animated series where it's like wow this is on a kid's channel and it's, you know, the primary target is kids, but an adult can watch this as well. There's no show like that nowadays. No. But I, I think with Pokemon especially, their goal is to sell the game, sell the toys, sell the trading cards. And, you know, and that was when, you know, you have, you kind of have the same problem that you have with a lot of things and, and why a lot of people fell out with it was you get, you grow up out too, obviously, but then you get into the late seasons and Ash is just like, oh, I, Charizard, I'm going to let you go because I want to have this little screw instead what yeah uh, and that's be- and that it, it's the transformers generation one thing it's they're getting rid of the old toys because they need to bring in the new toys um but you but, you know the a funny thing with and you brought up charizard because I, I i was in the same boat and there's a lot of things that i have a problem with like how ash had all of his badges but charizard still didn't obey him but that charizard is one of the most reoccurring pokemon in the actual pokemon series at least so far from where i'm i'm in the battle frontier right now watching it on the dvds and he's always bringing charizard back charizard will fly to whatever region that he's in and come back to fight his battles because they have officially named charizard his strongest pokemon in the series so far so why didn't he just keep him right (laughs) Because apparently he can't train Charizard the way that that girl can train the Charizard in the Valley of Charizards. <laughs> well, the real answer is is because they needed to bring in yeah. the next generation, and they can only have one fire type. Yep. Um, but I, I find it interesting is they have kind of the Simpsons thing where they pretty much made the same show over and over again, and they just make it with the new generation. But Ash never seems to age. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, um, at least in the in the newer newer one that I saw, it, they they seem to have him age a little bit, but he's still a kid. So <laughs> yeah, I suppose if he becomes an adult, then he has to become like a gym leader or something. And one of the other things that always makes me uh, laugh is that they never have him until like a year ago have him actually win the Pokemon League. Like that's the goal of the game. Yes. The main character does not do it for 20 years. Yes. And, right. and, and tell me, I mean, I guess they, they did it right. Cause when it happened, it was everywhere. I was reading it. They, they made news articles. They said, Oh, Ash finally won the Pokemon League. And I was like, well, I'm not there yet, but thanks for ruining it. Everybody. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> But um, well, my thing wasn't my thing wasn't oh great fame. I was like, really, he hasn't yet. I How know. have they kept making stories about him? How does he keep going back for twenty years and failing? And they don't go, you know, maybe you should do something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, let let me let me throw this out there to you. So you so you know Ash's um, rival Gary, right? Gary yeah. Gary takes a big absence um, after the third or fourth season of Pokemon. Um, Because Gary no longer wants to even be a Pokemon 
trainer. He he wants to kind of follow in his grandfather's footsteps uh, and try to learn about Pokemon. So he tells Ash, hey, we're done being rivals. I'm going elsewhere. And I guess, I don't know the gap because I haven't seen them, but they just turned put out a synopsis on the latest Japan episode where they said Gary returns. So I really hope that he did not take a 10 year absence from what I'm watching right now, all the way up to now in the Japan series. Well, that's because they added the rivals from other series to bring in, although they never update the, uh, the protagonist, which is strange. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you wonder like why they've never, because I mean, it's because of the nostalgia with Pikachu and things, but they, they never update them to be like, okay, this is the new one from the new game. And this is their, you know, like Power Rangers eventually did that. They held onto Mighty Morphin for a long time, but then eventually they started updating it the same way the, the Super Sentai did in every season. It was a new crew and a new and a new power set. Yep. And they never did that with Pokemon, which was interesting. Although I will say, if Gary goes away and becomes like a professor, he does have to change his name because then he hasn't got a tree name. So <laughs> That is true. That is so true. So, all right. Um, back in Back into the episode is, this is where the episode starts turning. So and it and it starts getting a little weird. So mm-hmm. so the Kangaskhan kid jumps into uh, one of the Kangaskhan's pouches and starts walking away. At this moment, a helicopter flies in, and two um, oddly—I mean, I'm, I'm going to say very generic-looking um, people come out of this aircraft, and they're like, "Hey, we're looking for our for our kid." Would you would you want to help us look for him? And the father hands a picture over to Officer Jenny, and Officer Jenny just looks right at it and goes, "Oh, you mean Tomo?" And he's like, "Tomo? No, his his name is Tommy." And she's like, "No, his name is Tomo. He's very popular over here, and he he's actually registered um, as being a resident of this area, which I think is yeah. just weird. Like a little kid. I mean, they." They said that the kid has to be, he has to be between the ages of four and five, given the timeline of their story. But um, it's just weird because they go into this, into this story of how the kid got lost. They're in a helicopter. The kid just happens to have a parachute on. And the well, fa- first, it's because the father holds him out like Michael Jackson over the balcony. Yes. Um, he's like, hey, he's doing the Michael Jackson thing. My thing was when he landed originally and he got out and he was in the safari gear from a helicopter. I was expecting him to invite them to his island of clone dinosaurs. Right. Um, but yeah, this whole fucking story. What the hell? Like, okay, so he was holding him outside his helicopter and they dropped their kid. And then they've spent the last three years or whatever, two years trying to find him. Apparently, they didn't look very hard because everybody <laughs> in the safari zone, which was where they lost him, knows him and he's registered. And there's like not wanted posters, but like profile photos of him everywhere. Yes. They didn't look very hard, clearly. Yes. And this and this just goes to show because the, the adults in Pokemon are stupid. So we, we just did an episode a while ago where an entire city of kids went missing. And when they when all the kids went missing in the city where they were found was at the biggest park inside of the city. It was like (laughs) it was like a big park in the middle of New York and all the kids were just gathered there. It's like and the kids were missing for what they said for about a week or so. They didn't think to go and look at the biggest park 
inside of the city to find these kids. It's just, it just blows my mind. But yeah. Although, or even, even more so the fact that they lost him in this very specific area that's got very specific boundaries. And he's not only do people know he's there, but he would very easily be found if you just looked. Yes, exactly. So apparently they, they the father just wanted to get rid of his kid. I mean that that that's the that's the part of the story is that we we don't know the behind the scenes. He's like, ah, I didn't want a kid anyway. But um, what's interesting it was originally I thought that like he was the grandfather or like the girl was his sister because they made him look sort of old and uh, and then she was younger, which I don't even want to get into that. Japan. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean that—that's the stereotypical Japan. Like, you marry marry someone that's twice under your age. So yeah, yeah. I know that a few episodes of this show got banned for objectifying the uh, misty and things like that for similar reasons. Because yeah, ooh, Japan's age of consent things are a little uh, different. Yeah, we 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 went over that episode and it was a big nothing episode, but. Um, James clearly made fun. There, there's a whole scene dedicated to James uh, making fun of Misty because Misty is flat chested. And James went and got these big boobs, uh, inflatable oh. boobs that he had um, to go into this beauty contest. And he made Misty cry. Yeah. They, it, it's so a, if they made this show today, James would absolutely be um, a transsexual, right? Yeah, like be- I would yeah, imagine so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or, well, or- definitely, he's definitely gay, but like they they they'd go with the full thing with him nowadays. I think. Yeah. I oh think yeah. So yeah, I think they were. Yeah, at this point, definitely. So, um, I I just want to say one funny part in the story. So as we stated, um, the father was holding the the little kid out of the helicopter, and he he dropped the kid, and the kid's parachute um opens up, and they go down there. When they go down there and they find the parachute, the kid is not there anymore. And the father had enough nerve to say, well, maybe if you were holding the kid, um, th- th- this wouldn't have happened. And she just completely just clobbers yeah, him. Because she, she was like, don't do not do it as he was holding him over the thing. And also, once again, I, as I said about Jurassic Park earlier, this reminded me of Jurassic Park 3 when the kid uh, is hang gliding and he gets lost and they find the, the skeleton in the... In the forest, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, it's at this point that, um, let's see, hold on. I I think I'm... So they get done telling the story and, you know, they say, oh, we've been searching for all these years. We're just trying to find our, our little boy. And Pikachu starts crying and Ash goes, now cut the shit because I'll start crying. And then... They say, you know, we've been looking and we never gave up hope. And Let, let's I, go find, we'll, we'll help you go find your kid. Right. And, all right, so this, this next scene, and this is just where everything still gets weird in this episode. So we go straight from that to the trio walking, but they're carrying uh, the family on like this little makeshift raft. It's a, a guy, uh, what's it, a rickshaw. A rickshaw, okay. Basically. Yes. And I'm like, can the can this family not walk? No wonder they they can't find their kid. They're they're freaking lazy. Well, they say that, don't they? They say, oh, he's old and he, and he doesn't get out much. So again, we're going with this idea that this is like a 50 or 60 year old man and the mother is like 30 years younger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to think about that. Um, some real Anna Nicole Smith shit. 
Um, and let's let let me just add that this is one woman that um, Brock has not um, basically oogled over. He 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 mm-hmm. he he has not flirted with this mother. So apparently he has a limit. So he well, he, he has enough common sense to not do it in front of the husband, even though he might be a little feeble. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it past past Brock but yeah as they're walking through in the in this forest looking for the Kangaskhan kid uh, they they run across a baby Kangaskhan who is, who seems to be hurt and seems to be lost and I'm guessing this Kangaskhan maybe when the other Kangaskhan was twirling and doing his little tornado attack basically flung its baby out and just never went looking for for its baby. Well, didn't didn't Tomo get in the pouch and there wasn't a baby in it? Yes. Right. So yeah, and the, and the other thing didn't seem to give a damn. My favorite bit here is when he was like, "I've been studying to be a Pokemon trainer, and that's why I can use this potion." I'm pretty sure anybody can use a squirt bottle. Yes. I mean, it was basically like liquid, liquid neosporin. Um. And, it's something you, you know, can buy at the Pokemon in every town, Brock. Right, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, not even in a special case. It's probably just on an end cap somewhere. Um, so he sprays the, as soon as he sprays the healing liquid, uh, the freaking boomerang comes out of nowhere. Misty and Brock have enough time to duck. The poor ass just catches a flush in the cheek. <laughs> and, and Misty just starts talking to the kid. And, you know, because Kangas, the kid's like, oh, you you were hurting the, the baby Kangaskhan. And Misty said, no, they weren't. They were helping it. You know, he had a little creep. and Or no, she didn't call him a creep yet. And then he looks her dead in the eye and goes, you people or Pokemon? And she just hauls off a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She full on punches him in the face. So, okay. Let, let's be clear. Gun, not okay. An older kid... Punching a little kid in the face, fine. Per- perfectly fine. Perfectly okay. <laughs> so, because there's there's nothing wrong with a little brother sister love. I mean, that's what happens in every household. But I guess kids can't play with guns inside of a home because that that that's just that's just bad. So let's let's just now have. If you got a, now, if you got Pikachu to electrocute him and he blasted off into the air, that's fine. That's fine. Because that's just that's a hazard. I mean, you bring an electric mouse in your house, you know, mm-hmm. you're accepting the risk. Yes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the, the fi- fine line in Pokemon. I'm just going to throw that out there. Just just a, just a let's not even get line. into the whole thing of how, like, if they're the only animals, that means they eat like Tauros burgers. And let's not go there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even uh, fried Pidgeotto. Yeah, I just let's move on. Yes. Um, or like the last episode that we just did, how Ash was just munching on a fried Magikarp. Duh. Yeah. Just <laughs> a happier than a pig and shit. Just <laughs> eating a well, frog. Let's be honest. Until they become a Gyarados, they're pretty freaking useless. They may as well be used for something. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, we had that discussion when we covered the episode where, where James gets hoodwinked into buying the Magikarp from the vendor at the <laughs> convention. And... It was established that you can't really eat it because Meowth tried because they've been marooned on that raft or whatever, and Meowth tried it and chipped his teeth. So they must have really had to treat that Magikarp to get it to fry up like that. But for, um, for real, so but yeah, so so the 
papa and the mother walk up and go, I, I'm your papa, and that's your mama. And the kid's like, no, Kangaskhan mama. <laughs> and the kid's just so confused. And, like, the kid's like, no, Pokemon. And Ash comes over and tries to talk to the kid. And he's like, that, that's your mom and dad. Well, and then Missy's like, yeah, well, he was so young when they lost him. Um, he doesn't know what what his mom and dad look like. Which is a fair thought process. Although he can speak and he knows what a Pokemon is to say the word. Yes. Oh, shit. There goes another hole. <laughs> Damn. Loop, loop, loophole and in every like, part. And also he knows people and talks to people. So clearly, like at some point, Officer Jenny didn't do her job when she saw this toddler walking around and didn't like immediately take him out of the wild and bring him back to the camp. No, 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 no. There's paperwork to be done. We can register him as a, as a oh. resident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Misty walks over to Tommy and just opens his eyes. Like, like this is supposed to help, but uh, I mean, like it was freaking uh, Alex and goddamn a clockwork orange. Or <laughs> Look harder. Let it work. brain will work. <laughs> so she opens his eyes and we go to a a scene of of tommy it looks like when he was little and all the kangaskhan are singing their kangaskhan they're like kangaskhan and you have a nice little sunset in the background and that that was it for his flashback and he doesn't really recognize, he still at this point does not recognize his parents. He doesn't recognize her, but right before he, because he kind of snaps out of it, and you can kind of see his eyes are welling up a little bit. And you can see that stuff's starting to sink in because he's like, this this mama says he's my mama, or she's my mama, but Kangaskhan mama, and then just pop up. Just hauls off of his with a stick, so there we there another check mark with the the violence. Yeah, like a, a father abusing their son, but it's fine because it makes his memory work. And then, <laughs> she, yeah, I was gonna yeah, because that knocks on. So here's a, so here's the thing, right? If your kid's really confused, hit them on the head with a plank of wood. That'll <laughs> <laughs> it'll bring all that'll their memories right back. Out. That'll sort them right out. But. But you, and this is where I kind of wonder what goes on in this household because as soon as, <laughs> as soon as he hits the kid, the mother comes over and gives the smile to him, trying to wake him up, and that's what triggers his mind. He's like, "Oh, daddy hits me, mommy comes and comforts me." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Look like that's happened before, and that's what triggers the memory. And then. Uh... Chris, I think you said you're you're dealing with subtitles. What does he say when he comes running? He comes over and he's just holding his shirt open right before Misty hauls off and hits him with a stick. Um, let's see. So I'm. Does, I, does I, he say something like "Come to Papa" or something? And she just fucking hauls off and hits him. And yeah, says, she's like one, one memory. One memory. Oh. Oh, okay, okay, yes, I, I just got it right now. So he opens his shirt, um, I guess implying, because I'm, I'm not listening to it right now, but just going off of right. the dialogue, he opens his shirt implying breastfeeding. Right, and, okay, that, 
That's what I thought. And he and he said and he says, "Don't you remember, Mama?" Now is the words that he's he he yeah. says. And Misty just goes, "You little pervert!" And then she just whacks him. And she goes, "One, one repressed memory is enough for today, Papa." And she just <laughs> yeah, like what? Where were they going with that? Why is that going to trigger his memory? Don't, 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 don't you remember the boobies? I don't think I want to spend time. With- I don't think I want to spend time at this house. So this older guy with his 30-year-old younger woman had a kid, abuses him regularly, and breastfeeds him. Yes. Right. So Typical Saturday night, really. So it's at this point. So at, Brock is now holding the baby Kangaskhan, and the little kid is starting to remember his his mom and dad. And now it's... It, Brock is saying this is kind of an unusual situation because the other Kangaskhan thinks that the Kangaskhan kid is his kid, but now we got to get this baby Kangaskhan back to its mother. It, it, it's a it's a really weird situation. So now now the goal is to get to get this Kangaskhan back over to its mom and dad, as well as as find the kid because he reached his breaking point and ran off. Yes. So, um, you know, the well, mother's sitting no, there. What, didn't they say something like, oh, there's more poachers here? And he's like, oh, I've got to protect it. He's like the the Batman of the, the safari zone or something. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got to go and protect them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so the kid, the, the reason the kid runs away was because uh, Officer Jenny um, looks out and she's like, She's like, oh, there's somebody poaching the Pokemon again. And that that was just enough for Tommy to just go, what? Mama? Papa? And just jumps into the tree like Tarzan and just starts uh, running towards the Kangaskhan. And then the trio gets back in the car and starts driving away. Which, wasn't this car just broken 10 minutes ago in the episode? And also, like, I'm pretty sure, let's get, we'll get into what they bring later. But the whole Team Rocket blasting off again thing, wasn't that always like the, okay, we're not seeing Team Rocket for the rest of the episode? Yes! Usually. <laughs> yeah. That that was their line. That's their, okay, we're, we're done now for this episode. But it's, as they, as, as the trio jumps into the car, they leave the parents behind? Like, they, they, they just run off and the parents are behind and they're like, Yes, uh, Tommy will still come back to us. Don't don't you worry, Mama. Yeah, because the because like I say, the, the the wife is sitting there. She's dejected, and the fucking Papa pops out of the bush and goes, "We'll we'll figure this out." And then the next thing we see, we see this giant mechanical Kangaskhan just in this field. And how, how, I mean, Team Rocket must just have a lot of money. And they 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 get deliveries quicker than Amazon. Well, it's not their money, you know. It's Giovanni's money. Yeah, but yeah. Still. Was this like their plan B all along, or did they just construct this? Because I can see why you brought me in for this episode because we were talking about Power Rangers earlier. They turn up with a Genghis Khan Megazord. Yes. Ah. <laughs> so absolutely, the writers for this episode went down the road to the Super Sentai place and were like. That formula will have the bad guys be defeated, but then they come back in as a bigger thing. Yes. So <laughs> let make my monster grow. <laughs> so yes. So 
here we go with this big old Kangaskhan. Kang- and Jesse is speaking over into the microphone for the Kangaskhan. And all the other Kangaskhan are like, oh, this is a bigger Kangaskhan than our other Kangaskhan. So at this point, except we should know it's clearly goes, metal and has a car underneath it. Except and for the one that's like, y'all are idiots. Yeah, yeah. The the le- the leader <laughs> comes it's, over. It's twenty stories tall. Sounds nothing like you. Made of metal. Seems like it. But all the Kangaskhan, yeah, because the the boss of it just sits there and is like, "No, don't do it." And all the other Kangaskhan are like, "No, you're the idiot. We're gonna go after because we go for the biggest Kangaskhan, and you've just been outgrown." So now, now well, does he say something like, "We're gonna make it sound like a wounded one"? Yes. yes, that's what Jesse says. So she was like, oh, it's a distress call. Right. So all, thing. so all the Kangaskhan go walking over to the big metal one, and here comes James with a tranquilizer gun. So With unlimited ammo. Yes. Right. fires legitimately about 20 tranquilizer things without changing cartridges. Yes. And he doesn't miss. Not at all. He, he doesn't miss. He puts them all, all to sleep. So, uh, so we're just going to point out that tranquilizer guns are okay. Regular guns are not okay. So just, I just want to throw that out there. It's just, and they also early in the episode when they had it in, had the Genghis Khan in the net and we're like, what do we do with them? Oh yeah. We have that tranquilizer gun that we left back at the base. Yes. So at this point, they, James tranquilizes every single Genghis Khan inside of, inside of this area and now they're dragging the car and they're going towards all the Kangaskhan so they can go out and capture it. The Kangaskhan kid, Tommy, comes out, takes his boomerang and tries to completely destroy this big Kangaskhan, but he fails because yeah, it, I mean, it's made of metal. It's a boomerang. It just bounces off and then he's thoroughly confused and then it turns on him and... You know, James is, well, use Rocket Punch. And thankfully, the kid's able to dodge. And then our hero, our heroes arrive. And then Ash immediately jumps into battle mode. And you know it's getting serious because he turns his hat backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the battle theme from the game comes on. I forgot that they did that. Yeah. Yes. So, Okay. And, and I'm I'm just gonna throw this out here. So so we have little Bulbasaur, and this is this, this is again we we have to reimagine this is a kid show. But when in God's hell uh, does this Bulbasaur get enough vine to use vine whip and completely cover up this big old Kangaskhan? Because if you look at the little yeah. tiny bulb that's on the back, this Bulbasaur should not have that much vine. It's not a Ivysaur, and it's not a Venusaur. I'm also Will pretty you... sure that I, I'm pretty sure that he used the wrong attacks. I'm pretty sure Ash said Vine Whip. Yes, yes, he did. He did. He that's not whipping it. That's entangled. No. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm I'm thinking that they got their scripts mixed up because um, a hero called Tommy attacks a giant robot thing that's destroying everywhere. Again, oh, I'm pretty maybe they got their scripts mixed up with Power Rangers. I, I think so. Just just for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, let's pretend we we did all this on purpose just to have you on here. Let's let's pretend yeah. that we didn't just fall into this backwards and get lucky. <laughs> so and all the controls for the it's not like they've got a separate cockpit for this thing. They're all the controls for like the rocket punch stuff are in the car. <laughs> so 
<laughs> so t- Tommy goes, or, or right before Tommy goes flying. Um, yeah, let's not forget this because it's, it doesn't get addressed again. Yeah, um, he sends out Squirtle to use headbutt on this big old Kangaskhan and just completely gets owned. Like, Ash is an idiot. What the hell was this going to accomplish? <laughs> Well, I, I've, I've got a giant metal thing. What I'll do is I'll use leaves and a headbutt of an organic thing. That'll work. <laughs> Send my turtle out after him. Here's an idea. How about you use the electric mouse that will superconduct the metal and electrocute the people inside? Yes. Or, or how about your primate? Oh, wait, you let him go. <laughs> For goodness sakes. So, Tommy, again with his massive mega hops, just jumps up and just so happens to jump on top of the Kangaskhan and takes his boomerang and just starts whipping the mess out of the Kangaskhan's head. And James just so happens to have a lever that says, pull this. And he pulls it and basically makes the little Kangaskhan kid fly off. And then here comes Charmander. Yes, and Charmander and Pikachu combine their attacks and they they focus their energy on Kangaskhan and Tommy just has this lucky shot that apparently he could have pulled out at any point and he hits like a valve release on the Kangaskhan yeah like and the fuel comes out yes. and the, apparently yeah, the fuel comes out there's fuel for the Kangaskhan even though the truck then carries on so the truck the, the truck has more fuel. So what was the fuel for the Genghis Convoy? Was that for the rocket punch? That has to be. That's the only reason, that's the only way I can sleep at night, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and and let's just show that, um, that okay, so they they took the, um, the fuel's coming out, and it's okay for Ash to say Charmander, flamethrower, and on the on the fuel and completely engulfs this big old Kangaskhan in flames. So we, I just want to add and immediately the truck doesn't like explode. No, is what should happen. No, it's just a flaming Kangaskhan car, and Team Rocket isn't freaking out, and and they're chasing down our heroes and Tommy, and then we see the parents are back in the helicopter. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And they decide to go full kamikaze. Yeah, we get a kamikaze mission, and we get this big fireball, and Team Rocket just blasts off like it's a normal Tuesday. Yeah. And, but dead, then we, and so are the parents. Yeah, but then, yeah. But then we get s- this smoldering wreckage, and it's just assumed that the parents are dead. But Team Rocket, we saw, they're fine. I mean, they're off in the distance, but they're fine. They're going to be back tomorrow. But the parents are. We should, let's not even yeah. get into the. I, I know this is the wrong question, but physics of they were blown up and they were underneath the thing, but somehow they then ended up getting projected, propelled upwards. Apparently, well, they had uh, ejector seats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, you we have airplanes that you can survive in a plane mm-hmm. crash in Japan. So they 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 need yeah. they need to bring that out to the entire world. And you can somehow like phase yourself with an ejector seat through the big metal thing on top of your truck. Yes. So, but it's at this point that, uh, that Tommy remembers his parents on um, they're assumed dead at this point. And then I don't know where they just pop out of the, out, out of the wreckage there. They're yeah, just well, like, with a lullaby. Yeah. Yeah. The mom's doing the lullaby. Let's not, let's not skate over the fact that Tommy's just ball. Just, 
completely just completely lost control and everybody's sitting there watching Brock still has the in, injured Kangaskhan so that hasn't been addressed yet um but then you know like you said the mom starts singing the lullaby and mama and papa come out and they're and dressed in similar line cloths and you have this big tearful reunion and it's just this sweet moment. The sun's setting, and it's it's real pretty. And they decide to stay with them, which is right. Like, the, like the, that's how they solve everything. They're like, well, they come wild people who live in the safari zone too. Even though I'm clearly a millionaire and I'm leaving something behind and a much better lifestyle. But no, we'll live in the rough with you instead of taking you back to safety and comfort and civilization. That makes sense. Yes. Um, now, if I were I, I'm just speaking as a writer here, and I know you know we'd have to go from the ground up in writing this, the far more interesting thing would be if the parents had stayed dead there, and that's what motivates this kid, and he grows up to be like you know he goes full on Batman from this point. That he goes after Team Rocket. You see, that would that that's something I would. But watch. see, that opens up the biggest problem in the episodes in pokemon that we've watched so far <laughs> anytime there's been an interesting character that shows up whether it's aj from his little bootleg gym or whether it's the kid from the pokemon academy or some of the breeders that we've seen in recent episodes any interesting character gets 20 minutes and at that 20 minutes they get the the stereotypical goodbye new friend exit and they they're never seen again. Never. <laughs> so, all right. I, I I have one last gripe with with reviewing this episode. Where did his parents get the Kangaskhan outfits when they came out of the wreckage? Did well, they think, have them at that point? I, I think they I think they have them at the end, right? I don't think they have them here. I think they have them when they pop out of the Kangaskhan when they're like driving off and they're like, I think they'll be okay, sort of thing. No, yeah. they come out of they came out of the wreckage with it yeah they, yeah they, as soon as they came out of the wreckage they 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 were in the Kangaskhan gear and i'm just like well all right well at least the kid has easy access for breastfeeding now i can <laughs> i can i can rationalize it as when papa popped out of the bush when the trio and jenny took off after more poultry poultures I can rationalize it as that was what Papa was talking about of how he had a plan to to get Tommy back. So what we're going to do is we're going to fake our deaths and then we're going to change. In nice. the it's a perfect opportunity for a costume change. All their other clothes burnt off and this is what they had on underneath. And they just happened to be lucky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so... All right, but yeah, it's at this point, just like you were saying, Doug, um, we get the whole goodbye... Um, to the crew um, they're all tired um, they had a really long night but they look over and they see the Kangaskhan family they're all with the Kangaskhans now and they're how big is that pouch it, it's pretty freaking massive it, it has the mama the dad the Tommy and the baby Kangaskhan they're all in one pouch so I don't know, man. I that that that's the breeding Kangaskhan. That that that's, that's all yeah. That it would have been so much better if that one would have like fought the metal one rather than like the ashes. But I know Ash is the hero, so so. But yeah, it's at this point now that they they give their 
goodbyes and the father of course has to get his one last line in goes like father like son and then what 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 does that mean i i have no idea it, it's, my, my it's, i we both are in a pouch <laughs> <laughs> apparently uh there, there's a lot of questions in this episode that we never get I, answered like when they write these episodes are they directly translating the japanese lines or are they going okay look we need him to have something say something stupid here oh, pff, that'll do like it matches the it matches the lip movements and it lasts for long enough for the animation cells whatever just say something whatever actor to fill those lines yes so i, I... <laughs> we need five more seconds of audio somebody say something nobody's going to be paying attention anyway they're getting ready to turn the show up <laughs> so and we go straight from that into this week's pokey rap and that's about it so that is the episode the kangaskhan kid and what a what an episode it, it was it was it was a good episode but a, a lot of loopholes and a lot of questions unanswered in this episode well, that's every episode of Pokemon. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. I mean, this one was particularly ridiculous, but I, that might just be that I'm watching it as an adult. It's one of those things of like, if you think about Pokemon at all for two seconds, it falls apart. But um, the, the show especially really leaned into like, okay, this is a kid's show. Let's just go fucking ball. We're going to write this on a cocaine binge and let's just whatever we feel like doing. Yes. So. All right, but that is about it for this week's episode. Um, I'd like to thank you again, Carl, for coming on and being a part of our show this week. No worries. I, yeah, I'm apologize that I kept I- interrupting, but uh, no, it was, it was an interesting episode. No, you're perfectly <laughs> fine. You know, it's it's always nice to we you know we brought a couple people in already, and it's nice to get a different perspective, and you know. Like I say, let's pretend that we meant to bring you on for this episode because of all the mechanical um, doodads. Giant, giant monster <laughs> with a rocket punch, yeah. So, but yeah, um, it's at this point when we have special guest Carl. Um, would you like to go ahead and plug your social media? Where can people find you and all of your material? Um, yeah, you can just find me. I'm uh, Scyther Podcasts on uh, Twitter. I've got the same thing on Facebook. I've got a, a group where I tend to post up updates. I've also got the Facebook page, which is more of kind of a public thing. And obviously all of our shows are available on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, the YouTube versions. You just Google Power Rangers, the Order or Drama, X-Men, the Order Drama, you'll find us. All right. Well, thank you again. And Doug, go ahead and say your goodbye, Doug. Goodbye, Doug. All right, everybody, and this is Wrestling Chris G getting ready to sign out. But don't forget to to listen to next week's episode because it's our second band episode called The Legend of Dratini, where Ash finally gets into the official Safari Zone. So we'll see you next week, and have a good night, everybody. <laughs>